Hey guys, this is Kurt Hughes and you're listening to the Base Path Podcast. Really excited for our guest today. Um, our guest is Tom Eller. He's the head coach of the Hartford Community College Fighting Owls, um, which is a Division I junior college up in Bel Air, Maryland. Um, Tom has really made his name in being one of uh, the most visionary offensive minds in uh, junior college baseball, but then also just in baseball, period. Um, his teams have absolutely dominated the last couple of years and have been close to the tops in the nation in almost every single offensive category. And what I think is most interesting about um, Coach Eller as a whole is that he's really changed the way that he's taught hitting in the last couple of years. So if you're a coach listening to this and you think that um, all these college coaches are just doing things the way that everything has always been done, Tom is not someone that really fits into that mold. He's ultra competitive and he really just does whatever it takes to make his players the best that they possibly can be. Um, in 2014, they only had 28 home runs on the year and 46 doubles. Uh, the next year, they had a dramatic increase in offensive production, scaling up to 80 home runs in 2015, which made them sixth in the nation. And they were first in doubles with 164. In 2016, this was the year that they went to the NJCAA uh, College World Series in Grand Junction, Color Junction Colorado. Excuse me. Um, they had 119 home runs, which was third in the nation. They had 150 doubles, which was seventh in the nation. They were first in runs, 11th in hits, and they just absolutely dominated offensively. And this was the same year that he was uh, named uh, Maryland State Association of Baseball Coaches Coach of the Year. In 2017, um, they had an even better year uh, statistically. They didn't end up making the College World Series, but still had a tremendous year um, with 159 doubles, which was first in the nation, uh, 137 home runs, which was also first in the nation. They were second in runs, first in slugging. Um, just an incredible offensive performance. And Tom was really open and uh, candid about you know how he teaches the swing so if you're looking for little tidbits about um, things that you can apply from what he teaches um, you might be able to pull a couple things from here um, I'm really excited to have him on the podcast and we're going to start off just asking him about um, when he first started getting really really serious about baseball um, so here he is honestly like coming up and I, I played baseball ever since I was like four years old. Um, and I guess I really started getting serious um, when I got to high school. Um, and, you know, I, honestly, I was kind of undersized. I wasn't, you know, fully developed yet. I was probably about 145 pounds. Um, I think I was on varsity, um, but I really didn't play that much. I was a defensive replacement. Um and, you know, I guess it was probably about my junior year. I started getting a little bit stronger. I started understanding hitting a little bit better. Um, and then I kind of, you know, became a pretty good player. And um, I ended up, you know, being all county. We won two state championships, you know, in high school. Um, and I ended up um, deciding to, to go the JUCO route and 
and play at Cecil Community College. Um, and I was kind of blown away by how good uh, Cecil was when I got there. Um, I really didn't know what to expect. And I, it was kind of scary because um, I didn't know where I fit in. And um, that's when I really, really got started, you know, being serious about it because I knew I had to understand the game more. I had to do things the right way. Um, I couldn't just, you know, use my talent to get by. Um, I tell players this all the time. I got there, and there was five other – and I I played the outfield in high school. I played shortstop, and I played some third base. And Coach O'Brien, Cecil put me at third. He said, uh, you know, we, we want you to play third this year. But there was also five other third basemen there the first day, and I was like, all right, I got to do something a little bit different here. I got to work harder. I got to, I got to be better at what I do than they, they are. Um, so just you know, that, I remember you know the Yankees were in the World Series every year. I'm not a Yankees fan, but you know watching them um, in the postseason every year like that, I was really like trying to study the game and understand what guys were doing. Um, and and really that's when I knew I wanted to be a coach as well. Um, I saw what my coach did. Um, I was thinking like, man, that's, that guy's got to be the greatest job ever. And, um, I basically started to, uh, you know, track my prior or, or set up my path to, to become a coach. And, um, you know, obviously if I could have played at the highest level, that would have been great. Um, you know, I went on to play at a division two school, uh, Wilmington in, uh, Delaware. And oh, okay. Got it. Uh, that one I missed. I saw the Cecil. I didn't see the, the, the yeah, one. Yeah, I, I, I played, played, awesome. played Wilmington and Delaware. Um, we were Division two, Really good team. Um, and, and, you know, I went on to uh, get my master's degree. I, I coached at Millersville for a year. I went back to Wilmington as a coach. But, um, you know, I was really setting up, trying to set up my career path to, to be in baseball um, and to have a job that I, I wanted to go to every day. And, um you know, ever since then, I mean, that's that's something that I'm passionate about um, and I want to do, you know, for the rest of my life. Yeah, man. It's interesting how, like, when you kind of get, for lack of a better, better like, way to phrase it, like, kind of punched in the mouth, like, when you get the tryouts and you're like, oh, man, there's three third basemen here. Like, yeah. it's funny how that makes you, like, really, like, reevaluate, like, where you're at and, like, the work you thought you did in the past. Like, I had a, a very, very similar experience. I think I was, you were probably a better baseball player than me, like when I had that experience. So my, mine was like kind of realizing that of those five third basemen, I was probably like the third best. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> like, well, I think I at the time I was probably the fifth. I was probably the fifth best when I got there. Um, right. You know, I, I didn't know, you know, we, and that's the thing, like a lot of, and I, I get this, and I don't think a lot of people understand it, that at the high school level, you know, there's a lot of good coaches and there's a lot of good programs, but there's a lot of programs that, you know, they have good players, but they don't know what they're doing. And and I'm not – there's no disrespect here. They just don't know what they're doing. And, and, you know, kids aren't taught what they need to know about, you know, double cuts. I never even knew what a double cut was until I got to college. Um, and we, we won two state championships, you know what I mean? Like, we were a good, talented team. Um, I think I had four guys on my team that went to Division One right out of high school. And, you know, it's – it's crazy how, you know, you have to learn all that stuff. And it's at that point you get to college, it's too late. You know, it's too late because you're, you're trying to win a job and you don't know how to do stuff like that. Um, or you don't have an approach at the plate or you don't have, you know, fundamentals of how to really field a ground ball, uh, the correct way you're behind. And, yeah. um, it's tough on kids, you know, it's, 
tough. So, I mean, obviously you do a lot of recruiting. Um, what, what would be like advice that you'd have for someone who's like a sophomore right now, like has a little bit of time to be able to, uh, you know, kind of convert who they are as a player before that, you know, time when they're actually like, you know, being looked at by coaches. Um, would you have advice for them? Yeah. I mean, I think the, the first thing, and I probably wouldn't have said this four or five years ago, but I think the first thing that um, kids that are, you know, freshmen and sophomore in high school and even juniors, they need to understand that they have to be stronger. Um, they have to get in the weight room. Um, it doesn't ha- it doesn't matter how great your swing is at that age. Um, if you can't hit it over the doorstop's head, you know, or, or hit it to the outfield um, because you're not strong enough to physically do it, um, you know, you, you need to be able to make that step. Um, but, you know, the other thing, too, is the whole the whole swing pass thing. I mean, I think you, you really need to understand the concept of the swing, um, you know, the concepts of, of fielding a routine, you know, ground ball, fielding, you know, throwing strikes, the mechanics of, of being a pitcher, like all those kind of things. Like you have to really understand that and – we didn't have YouTube and we didn't have, you know, I didn't have Google, you know what I mean? Like we didn't write, I don't think I had the internet until I was probably my sophomore year in high school. So like these kids have these, these resources out there now that they can look things up right away and they should, they should, they should look at everything. They should try to, they should see what's right. They should see what's wrong. They should try things. Um, you know, no one got any better doing the same thing over and over. You know, you have to try new things. Um, yeah. And I think that's a, a huge part of, you know, developing as a player, um, you know, trying new things, get, getting stronger, um, and, you know, find find a hitting guy that you, you like. And that's what I did, and um, I think that that's what works. Yeah. It's it's interesting. I mean, I always tell – I tell guys this all the time. I always say, like, don't listen to me because I'm me and you think I'm like a good guy. Like there's a lot of good guys that are trying to help you, but there's only certain people that can actually help you. So like you got to interrogate the information I'm giving you. And if it's not, you don't think it's right. Like one, you have to ever have a reason for not thinking it's right, but it's your swing, not mine. Like at the end of the day, like you have to make the decision and you have to buy in. And I think that's the thing that a lot of people don't understand. They're just blind sheep. They just, whatever they're told, they just do, which is, you know, which I guess in, like when you're like three, four, and five, I guess that's like a good thing. So that way you're not like a little terror. But when you get older, you have to be able to like evaluate information and like understand like, okay, I'm doing this for a reason. And yeah, a lot of guys and, miss that. And, and ask questions. I mean, I think that's – I love – the one thing that drives me crazy at practice is when I ask guys at the end of, you know, what whatever we're doing. Maybe we're doing bunt defense that day or maybe we're doing, you know, our double cut system or something. I don't know, whatever we're doing. I said, does anybody have any questions about anything that we just did there? Anybody not understand anything? Um, anything. And no one says a word. And it's, it's, it's okay that they don't, because I, I get it. Maybe they're scared. Maybe they, maybe they do understand it. I don't know. But, um, you know, I have a couple of assistant coaches that I try to, you know, almost like poke them and prod them to, to ask questions that maybe someone's thinking, because, you know, if they ask the questions that, they think people are thinking, then we get answers earlier. And it also helps us explain things differently to, to different players 
to allow them to understand it better. So um, I think that's really important. So I think that um, hearing, hearing, like just like you said, don't just listen to me. I think it's it's more about like look what's out there, see what people are saying, ask me questions of why I do this or why I do that or what I think's right and what I think's wrong, and and you know we'll be smarter because of that. Sure. Um, as far as like just your your coaching path, kind of taking like a step back there. You said that, you know, from that moment, like when you started like really getting more and more serious about baseball, um, like as like a profession, when you were like, you know, freshman, sophomore in college, you were setting up that path to become like a coach. Um, I think part of like the most interesting thing that I think a lot of like um, younger guys don't understand is like how hard it is to kind of like make that transition from like player to coach, both from a um, not like a. You know, I mean, coaching's hard as, as it's on its own, but I mean, like, the actual, like, the real-life stuff that's, like, within that. Like, how to, you know, you got to, like, get your bills paid. Like, you're an assistant coach. <laughs> yeah. You're not making, like, anything. Like, talk about, about, like, that, like, in your path a little bit. Well, I mean, I think that, I think for anybody, and it's easy when you're young because hopefully you can still live in your parents' basement or whatever and, you know, make ends meet and, and get your experience. And I think that's the, the, the biggest thing that young coaches have to understand is that, you know, you have to get experience and you have to put in your time. And, and I, I hate saying that because like, it's, it's tough, but you, you do, you need to put in your time. Um, you know, with our assistant coaches here, um, I want it to be a revolving door. I want our young coaches to, to come in here and after two or three years, they're gone and I have to find a new one because, that's telling me that, you know, they're getting smarter here. They're, they're becoming better coaches so that they can move on. But, um, you know, you gotta be patient. Um, you know, there, you know, I have friends that are the same age as me and, and we took different career paths and, you know, I got a head coaching job early when I was 23 and one of my other friends ended up being a, uh, he was working camps all summer for like Tulane, Duke, Georgia, you know, all summer. And, Next thing you know, he, he gets a, the volunteer job at Duke. Um, and then from Duke, he went to, um, TCU. So I'm, I'm in my fourth or fifth year as a head coach and I turn on TV to watch the College World Series and I'm watching him with TCU in the World Series. And now right. he's at Houston and, um, we're the, the same age. We played against each other. Um, we're still close friends. Um, I th- he's the second assistant at Houston now, and it's it's crazy. Like, you know, I think sometimes he would he wishes he was in my my shoes because at that level it's it's so so competitive. You know, every day you're you're win- you're trying to win to keep your job, and that's right. not just in in on the field. It's you know in the classroom and making sure that your guys are 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 good people. Um, and here, I mean, we do the same thing, but it's not so much. I'm not worried about my job you know, and, um, right. it's, it's just tough and, and there's different career paths for everybody. But, um, I think experience is the most important thing. Um, you know, if, if you're with a coach, um, you know, take the initiative to do things on your own and research things and, you know, come, come to practice with a plan. Um, I think that's huge. That's what's going to allow you to become a better coach. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, you're obviously like the head coach. Um, talk a little bit about just kind of the way that you're, uh, that you like delegate and like let your guys coach. And cause I feel like, you know, a lot of coaches have very, very different styles with like how they do that. You know, some people, some head coaches are, I'm sure you're hands-on. I'm not saying you're not hands-on, but some are like super hands-on and like don't let their guys kind of like experiment and fail. Like what, what are, um, talk about how you've kind of, I'm sure you've probably grown in that like ability to, you know, work with yeah, the I mean, Is that something you I think, yeah, I think what, I know exactly what you're saying. I, I think that in the beginning, um, you know, you have to kind of show people the way, um, you know, like when it comes to, if I have a new recruiting guy, like John Castro has been with me for, for, I think this is the third year now. Um, I don't really have to, yeah, I don't, I don't really have to, you know, tell him what to say anymore to anybody. Like he does it. Um, but I remember my first year here, like or his first year here, um, I would take him around on visits, you know, with recruits and I would do all the talking. Um, and I would just let him kind of listen in. And then once he got used to it, I don't even go on visits anymore. Like I don't walk around with him anymore. I let him do it. I let him do his own thing. I let him call our recruits. I let him, you know, work all that stuff out. Um, all my assistant coaches have their own responsibility. Um, you know, I, I, I do the infielders cause I'm the only infield guy. Um, and I'm, I do the hitters, but so do Castro and so do Costi. And even so does RJ, our, our pitching coach. RJ is, is a very good hitting coach as well. If I let them, I want to hear what they have to say. And I want, I want them to do as much as possible because, um, you know, I, Castro always jokes to me, like, I love to just hang out with guys, you know, in the dugout. I, I want, I want guys to be able to, to just, I want to be able to roll the ball out there and say, all right, let's go get it. And they already know what to do. Castro already knows what to do. Koski already knows what to do. Um, I want them to take ownership of, of, of our program in whole, but also what they are delegated, you know, whether it's the outfielders, the catchers or whatever. It's on them. I'm not going to question them. Yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. I mean, from, from my perspective, right? Like, and Chaz and I have talked about this in the past as well. It's like, you know, for me, like, like the way that I teach hitting is kind of like my baby. And eventually, like, when I like bring other people on, it's like, you know, how do I, you know, how do I let them go through like the failure and like that they need to go through in order to like become better, but then also like make sure that it stays the thing that it, that it should be. You know what I mean? That's just like yeah. a, it's a challenge for me as well. It, it is for me too. I mean, hitting is, is my thing. I think that, um, you know, I went to the convention a couple weeks ago and, you know, listen to some of the hitting guys talk and, you know, I do things a certain way because of trial and error though. You know, right. I, I do things, I see what works. I, I, I see what doesn't work. Um, obviously I have a great mentor, you know, with Chad Pippett at, at baseball rebellion as far as hitting goes. And if I have questions about that, I can call him, but he does the same thing to me. Like he lets me figure it out and I same. used to call yeah. him all the time and I don't, I don't, I have to call him very often at all. Like there's a couple guys that, you know, I just can't figure out what they're doing or why they're doing it. And I just kind of want, um, you know, guidelines to, to get them back in a swing. And, um, I try to do the same. I really try to do the same. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, I feel like you met Chaz maybe a little bit before I met Chaz. I don't know the exact timeline, but same kind of, same kind of story with me. Like when I first started working with him, like I would, you know, 
call and text them all the time. And then like now it's like, sometimes I like forget to text them and I'll, like not even as a, yeah, from a hitting thing, but just to be like, what's up, man? Like, how are you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like how's the new yeah. facility kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like the, the self-discovery thing was like really, really important for me and like in my growth as well. Just want to take a second to jump in to explain who Chaz is. So you guys aren't confused. Uh, Chaz is Chaz Pippett is the owner of baseball rebellion, uh, which is down in North Carolina. Um, he's a really smart hitting guy and he is Tom's, uh, mentor as far as the swing goes and my mentor, as far as the swing goes. Now I've kind of developed my own style with the way that I teach. Um, but Chaz got me going really in the right direction and he's always there if I ever need anything. So, um, He's been really impactful for me and for Tom in our development as, um, you know, thinkers and teachers of the swing. So hopefully we'll have Chaz on the podcast in a couple weeks. Um, so I know that, uh, like, I've heard you talk about, you know, how you how you work with, with hitters. Um, but I don't think a lot of people that will, like, be listening to this um, will have heard that. So, like, what are some things that you do? Um, like when guys first show up, so your recruits show up or not your recruits, but you know, the people, the freshmen, they show up, um, first day of fall. Um, how does that usually look like throughout the fall timeline kind of moving into the spring? Well, um, I mean, this might, people might not, might not like how I answer this question a little bit, but like, I don't, there's a lot of, a lot of coaches out there that say, you know, there's, there's never, there's not one way to teach everybody to hit. And I don't believe that. I feel like that there's only one way to swing. You look at golfers, you look at, you know, basketball players, they all shoot the same way. They all, you know, swing the golf club the same way. Tennis players all swing the tennis racket the same way. Um, there's only one way to swing a bat the most efficient way. And I think that the bigger you are, the, the less or the more you can get away with, I should say. And the smaller you are, the less you can get away with. So, um, I want, I don't care if you're six foot five here, I still want you to be the best you possibly can be, you know, as far as an efficient swing. And with the smaller guys, same thing. I want them to be as, as good as they possibly can be. So, um, the first thing that we try to make them understand is I, I get an assessment of them. Um, I just let them hit, you know, three rounds of five the first day and we get some exit velos. Um, but then after that, I, I start, I start taking away their stride a little bit um, just because I want them to create momentum with, with their the middle part of their body. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I take away their bat movement. I don't let them, you know, do that Josh Donaldson move where they fling the bat up and, you know, create momentum with their hands and their bat um, to get them to turn. Um, so I take all that away and, and say, basically, all right, turn from the middle or turn from the ground up. And yep. that's, I think that's one of the best things that we do as far as making that work. Um, something else that I do and, and um, it's just talking about separation. A lot of people think separation is your, your hands from your, from your body and it's not. Yeah. Separation is your hips from your shoulders uh, or your hips from your hands. And um, we talk about that a lot. Um, you know, I, I, like, like I said, I was at the convention this weekend and um, the Dallas Baptist coach was talking about how he has like a circuit that they do before they hit every day 
and one of the drills he did, he said, we just made it up. It's called the Sosa drill where they don't stride, they don't have any bat movement, and they kind of like look like Sammy Sosa when they hit. Well, we do the same drill, um, only I call it the, the statue turn where we're just kind of super straight up and down and um, there's no, no momentum with our bat. There's no um, leg lift or leg kick. Um, it's just I'm turning from my back hip when I see the ball and let it go. And guys hit the ball super hard like that, and they start to figure it out a little bit. And then I start gradually letting them get a leg lift and start to move their hands around a little bit more. Um, so that's kind of what we do, and it seems to work pretty well. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I mean, so for me, I work with, you know, some guys that are, like, older. So they're, you know, like, about ready to go into college. They're already in college or whatever. Um, and the way that I approach hitters that are older versus the way that I approach hitters that are like younger that just kind of have, they're not able to accomplish a lot of like baseline movements mm-hmm. um, are, are very, very different. It's interesting hearing how you approach it on the college level um, when guys have a little bit more like uh, strength and uh, just like baseline ability to like accomplish movements. Whereas like when it's at the younger level, um, a lot of times, people are just, they get stuck on their back leg a lot and they're not able to like kind of slide their body forward during their step. So a lot of times I have to address that stuff first before I can even work on just like their rotational ability. But um, it's kind of interesting how, um, you know, applying it at the college level and applying it at like the lower levels is, it changes a little bit. And maybe that's just difference of like how I approach things and how you approach things. But um, it's definitely interesting hearing your perspective on that. And I'm going to definitely try those statue turns, what you call them. Yeah, it's just, I just call it statue turns because I don't, I just made it up. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> I make up everything. It's fine. Um, but yeah, no, I'm going to try those with some of my, my older guys and give that a shot. Quick break to talk about my company, Ignite Baseball. If you ever coach the baseball or softball team, you know that communicating and hitting can be really difficult because So many coaches have so many different opinions on what you should do. So it becomes a really challenging thing for coaches to decide what it is that they should teach. But it's equally, if not more challenging for players, for them to make a decision on who they should listen to. At Ignite Baseball, all that we do is teach the swing. For me, that is my entire job. I wake up in the morning, I research swings and teach swings until I go to bed. So what we've done here at Ignite Baseball is create a remote learning service that allows for um, us to work both with players on the team and with the coaches. So that way, communication lines always stay clear. Hitters know exactly what they should be doing when they go into the box every time, which creates a win-win solution for everyone. And there doesn't need to be energy lost on what should I do when I'm hitting What should I teach as far as the swing is concerned? We can handle all of that for you and really just make a much more enjoyable season for you and your team. All right, back to the podcast with Tom Eller. Okay, so with regard to, um, like, recruiting, like, individual guys, like, what are some some things that, like, you're looking for? Like, Obviously, you probably use, like, the network that you've established over the years of, like, coaches that you know and stuff. But um, with regard to, like, how you evaluate, like, skill and potential, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, here, you know, we get – our job is to get guys out of here as fast as we can. 
um, you know, and, and to a high level. So we we look for kids that come, can come in and basically, you know, they're big kids. I look for big kids, honestly. I look for strong kids that can that can swing the bat. Um, I don't. I'm not worried about mechanics so much right away because I I, I know that we can fix that. Um, but I want like just raw ability as far as it can get up there and just swing, swing it like a telephone pole, you know? Um, but you know, as far as recruits, you know, send, I, I want to see video all the time because I, I feel like there are certain things in people's swings that you can fix really easily. And there's certain things in people's swings that are, and I still have guys today that have been here for two years and we just can't break habits that they've, you know, been ingrained all their life. And, those are the, the types of guys that I, I try to stay away with because I know they're really, really hard to to fix, basically. Um, but, you know, I, I try to look at as much video from recruits as possible. Um, but, yeah, I mean, overall, we're just toolsy guys. You know, something that's that, you know, they just need to refine a tool here or there to, to be a high-level player. Gotcha. Um like I say, you were kind of breaking up a little bit. It wasn't bad. I'm just trying to move my phone around a little. Sorry. Yeah, no, I just look for tool, well. toolsy players that have, you know, like one one really big tool and and some really some good tools that we can just refine and make them even better. Um, just to move them on. Um, you know, our main goal here is to get guys out of here, so that's what we're trying to do. Gotcha. Um, so I guess talk about that a little bit. So that's uh, maybe that's not something that. Uh, typical like a NCAA college coach would be worried about as much as like a junior college coach because you know that you're kind of like like a middleman to something else right so um, you kind of deal with like the recruiting of high school guys right but then you also kind of like are trying to like you know help guys get placed so how do you how do you go about doing that like let's say you work and let's talk about it like not one of like your flashy guys. So when I say flashy, I mean like let's say that the guy is like your tenth tenth guy, basically. Mm-hmm. He's a good player, probably could play like D two something like that. Um, or it doesn't even matter where they could play, but like they're your tenth guy. They're not like putting up like a thirty home run season or something like that. Like how do you get that guy placed? Um. Well, I'm. It's, it, it depends on a lot of things. I mean, it's, it, it really, I feel like my job is a, an agent. My job is a general manager and my job is a coach. And, you know, my job is to, to get guys seen. And it's not always about like just, it's not about me calling coaches and telling coaches like, hey, this kid can play for you and this is what he is. It's about getting coaches to, to come see us and make their own assumptions. Um, Got it. So that's one thing. I mean, but the other thing too is that um, you know we have. It's crazy how we've went from. I think my first year here, we had one kid that threw over 80 miles an hour. Um, I think and that was 2002. Uh, no, wait, two, that, that was when you were in college. So like 2007, six, six and seven. Okay. And you know, I had one kid that threw over 80 miles an hour, and I think I don't, I don't honestly I don't know if we even have a kid. Might have one kid that throws under 80 miles an hour now. Um, you know, we have multiple guys that are, you know, low nineties guys, we've got a couple guys that are mid nineties guys, and we have a lot of like mid to upper eighties guys. And, um, you know, that plays at a lot of different levels. So, um, 
you know, we have guys going to Kentucky. We have guys going to South Carolina. And, you know, we have really good players that get missed sometimes because, you know, we have Ryan Shin last year who's, you know, goes up and hits 20 home runs and, you know, he's a, he's a big time division one transfer from Florida Gulf Coast, but, and then he signs with Kentucky and, um, you know, everybody sees him out there, but they don't see, um, you know, a really good player who's playing shortstop for us last year. Um, because they just didn't want to see him. You know what I mean? They just saw Ryan Sin. That's they're, they're all starry eyed. Um, but you know, I, I just, I just kind of let the, the spring play out and, um, you know, we've been good in the past, you know, eight, eight, ten years. And, um, it's really easy for us to get guys placed. I mean, um, it just comes down to school, the four-year schools. They know what they need and they know that they can find what they need at Hartford. And, um, if they can't find it this year, we'll have it next year. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's pretty easy for us and we've got it down to, a. uh, a science now, like we've tra- we've stayed true to our philosophy from day one, and that's we're not worried about the wins, we're not worried about our stats, we're worried about placing all of our guys at a four-year school at the highest level they possibly can play. That's an awesome mission statement, man. I mean, I, I'm not, I, I can't, I don't haven't interviewed that many like junior college coaches, so I, I can't really speak to how other people approach it, but it must feel pretty good to know that like that's the goal, and like I mean, it, it, it makes us win. Yeah, yeah, it makes us win. It it makes us get good players because, um, you know, honestly, we're not playing. I mean, we play to win, obviously, but you know, there's sometimes where we have sophomores that, you know, aren't in our top 12 players on our roster, and I have to get them at bats. I have to get them innings played so that they can put up numbers so that they can get out of here. Um, right. And sometimes, you know, our, I mean, we've had guys that <laughs> we had a kid a couple years ago who. Um, didn't pitch a whole lot for us. He was just like a low mid eighties guy who, you know, he was just a stock righty kind of wasn't flashy or anything. And, um, he pitched last year at the division one level and dominated for his team. And he didn't even pitch that much for us. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's wild how it works. I mean, um, but that's our goal. That's, that's the agent part coming out. Um, and that's the agent part making a lot too, because I got to be very cautious of how many bats, so-and-so has and you know who we need in the lineup to win and all that kind of good stuff so two years ago you guys ended up going to uh the junior college world series uh, uh that was awesome i was there when you guys won the regional championship that was pretty cool um it was, with, it was uh, awesome. with that walk-off bomb who hit that again i'm trying to remember uh jp vale yeah the man that was awesome one of the one of the coolest games that i've, I've watched uh, but talk about that a little bit. What was that experience like? Well, I mean, it's our, our, I mean, being from the North, I mean, there's a lot of, um, we, we have to play our, our super regional or our district game against the teams from South Carolina. And, you know, that they get to play a lot more baseball outside than we do. Um, but when it gets to, you know, late May, um, we're all pretty much the same at that point because we've caught up, um, but, you know, to get past those, those South Carolina teams, North Carolina teams, um, that was special on its own. Um, that was awesome. And to do it at home, that was awesome. Um, but when you get to the World Series, um, out of Grand Junction, I mean, it, it was, it was amazing. Like they treat you like rock stars. You know, you have, 
you have a, a host group that basically takes you to launch. They, they, they feed you. They, you know, they bring like, I mean, it's like the big leagues. They bring you like the bubblegum, uh, pails. They the bring buckets. you feed, <laughs> buckets. Yeah. You know, they bring you Gatorades. Um, you know, they're, they're rooting for you. Everything you do. Um, you know, you have 6,000 fans at a 10, 10 o'clock in the morning game. Um, you know, I think there were, at the night games, there was like ten to 15,000 people there. Um, so, I mean, kids everywhere wanting your autographs. I mean, it's a great experience for our our players um, just to understand, like, you know, this is what it is. And, and this year we actually have two kids that were, were redshirted that year and made the trip to the World Series with us, but didn't play, obviously. So I think that's important to have have guys like that on your team that have been there. And, you know, because the whole, the biggest part of, of, of winning is getting there. You know, once you start to win and you win a, your first regional title, now you know what it's, it is expected to do that. You know what you have to do to do that. And never knowing what the Junior College World Series, honestly, when we got there, I thought we were going to get killed. Because I was like, you know, we're playing against Yavapai. We're, we're playing against Santa Fe, the number one team in the country, um, which is in Florida. We're playing, you know, Texas teams. Um, I, I thought we were going to get killed. I, I had no idea what to look for. But, you know, we, we beat Delgado, who goes to the World Series every year. We beat Santa Fe, who was the number one team in the country. Um, we lost to Chattahoochee Valley um, the first game. And I think that, that was just the first game jitters. Um, yeah. So... If we actually won that last game, we would have been in the finals, and you know, number one, two coming back, it would we would have legitimately had a shot at winning a national championship. So, um, it's it's awesome to get there and just to tell guys like, hey, you know, we're just as good as Yavapai or Navarro or or Iowa Western. You know, it's that's what guys need to hear. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I think it's those longer tournaments, I feel like a lot of times it just comes down to like, you know, what the back end of your like of your bullpen looks like, the people that don't throw a lot. You know, how well, how there, well they too, in Colorado. So you gotta think about that. And I was talking to um the Chattahoochee Valley assistant who we played in the World Series. Uh, I just talked to him the, two nights ago and he said I mean he he told me that like, you guys are one of the scariest teams I've ever seen offensively. And he said, and that's what you have to do to win the World Series. It's not – everybody thinks it's about pitching. Pitching is great. Don't get me wrong. You have to have good pitching to get there and to keep you in games. But out there, that air is thinner. It's really, like you – know, it's really dry out there, too, and the ball flies. Um, hmm. So if you can if you can go out there and, and get the ball in the air and drive the baseball, I mean, the guy from uh, Chattahoochee Valley said his name's um, – Dash O'Neill, he was like, you know, when the first time we went, we had a team put up 18 in an inning on us. And yeah. we had a pretty good team. So, yeah. um, anything can happen when you get there. Anything. It's so foreign to me because I spent like most of my baseball life, like kind of like in the Northeast, kind of, and then, you know, kind of more like down this way that like the idea of like the ball just like jump off the bat and like, you know, just being able to just and, go. It's different. I started seeing guys that really didn't hit a lot of home runs in BP before, 
they were launching balls. And it wasn't just launching balls like far. They were hitting them a lot harder. Um, like Kobe Dean came up in the, in the World Series, and he didn't hit a whole lot of home runs for us. And he was just destroying baseballs in BP that day. And I pinch hit for him. He comes up, hits first pitch, hits the home run. I'm like, you know, it's amazing. Like, and then the next day he comes up and hits a triple off the wall. So, um, yeah, you don't believe, you can't believe it until you see it. Yeah, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to go check it out one of these years. I think considering your position, I think a really good question for you. Um, to just kind of answer for us would be what are the pros and cons of JUCO versus NCAA? I think that the the pros and cons for JUCO versus you know four year schools, it's it's really dependent on the player. I mean, I'm I'm speaking as a JUCO coach right now, but um, and I'm also speaking of someone who played JUCO and was not you know I wasn't 195 pounds coming out of high school and chiseled and jacked. Um, I was a run and I think junior college gives you the chance to develop, um, to get stronger and to start that process all over again, because you think about it, like the schools that come out to see you and if, if they're like, yeah, you can't play here, um, because you're too small or whatever else you get to start all over again. You know, at your, at your sophomore year, you can be stronger and you know, they might need, need a guy in your position and it's like, Oh, who's that kid? Oh, yeah, he's stronger now. He, he, I think he can play for us. And I think it just gives guys more time to, to develop and to be seen, really. Um, I, my personal um, feeling as far as JUCO versus NCAA is that if, if you're not getting, you know, the money or the opportunity that you think you need um, to play right away, or even if the school isn't the exact school that you want to go to, um, I think junior college is a great option. Um, you see it in Florida all the time. Um, like Evelyn, I think Evelyn Gorey was one of the stories that I heard that, you know, he got offered from all these Division One schools in California, but he didn't want to go to that school. He wanted to go to Long Beach State. And he went to a junior college, and next thing you know, he's at Long Beach State, and he's a dude. Um, I, I just think that, it gives you more time to develop and become the player that you want to be. Um, but at the same time, you know, if, if you're getting 60 or 70% to go to UNC or South Carolina or Florida, I mean, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, I'll take it. Sounds good. So what's the, uh, what's the over under on home runs this year? Um, I mean, when we hit a hundred and, uh, 119 the year we went to the World Series everyone was like you'll never top that last year I said we would we would top it we ended up hitting 137 um, which is a lot more um, yeah I think this year I told Chad I think we could hit 150 home runs um, with ease um, that's crazy and it's it's not only because it's part of it's because I've gotten to be a better teacher so right um, I know what I know what guys need to hear. I know what's important. Um, people ask me about what our approach is. I don't have an approach. I feel like it's a good swing. Um, you don't need to think about or guess what the pitcher is going to throw. Um, you just look. Our, our only approach that we have is we try to hit the ball early in the count. Um, right. And it's easier to do that when it's flat. But, yeah, I mean, I think we could hit 150 home runs. I think that um, – Talent-wise, I think this is one of the best groups that we've ever had. 
I think it's one of the deepest teams we've ever had. And again, every year people say, T, you're, you're crazy. You won 54 games last year. You won 51 games last year. There's no way. And I mean, I think, I think it's very obvious to some of our sophomores that we're better this year than we were last year. And last year's team was better than the year we went to the World Series. It's just a matter of coming together, playing together, um, making the right decisions, not giving up the beginning, and just you know being ready to play. Really, that's what it comes down to. It's a little bit, a little bit of luck too. So you just kind of touched on it a little bit, but how is that like approach as a coach? How has that changed since you started teaching the mechanics that you think that are the best? Well, I mean, I used to. I used to talk about situational hitting all the time. I mean, we would do, you know, sequence round every day. We would do, I mean, our whole VP was structured around sequences, you know, 2 approach, O2 approach, um, sliders, balls up, um, balls down. I don't talk about any of that anymore. It, it gives me more time to perfect guys' swings. Um, and, and I think that before, the reason, you know, the reason I started looking into all of this is because um, we had better athletes than the other teams in our league, and we coach harder. And, and you know, I'm I'm very competitive, so I want to be the best at everything I do. And I felt like I was out coaching a lot of people, but they were getting better results than me, and I, I didn't understand why. And we just started looking into more things, and you know, I'm I'm watching other teams take BP, and they have you know, their players throwing BP and they're just trying to hit home runs in BP. And I'm like, look at these guys. They're not structured. They don't know what they're doing, but they hit more home runs than us. <laughs> you know what I mean? So right. I started looking at that and I was just like, listen, you know, we have, there's a, there's a better way to do what we're doing. Um, and now, I mean, we're, we're structured, but we, we give guys the freedom to, you know, play wiffle ball in the backyard um, and yeah. just have fun with it. So where did you where did you start? Like you kind of landed on Chaz, and you've been or landed on Chaz and Baseball Rebellion, and you've been doing that for the last couple of years. But like, what's the first stuff that you started looking into? Um, well, I mean, when we got the new bats, BB Core bats, in I think it was 2011. Um, honestly, I didn't think we'd ever hit a home run. So I was like, well, we can't try to drive balls. We have to be sneaky with it. Like we have to be able to base hit bunt we need to be able to slash and run we need to steal a lot of bags and that's what we did we didn't i think we hit probably 15 to 20 home runs our that 2011 year um and it's the complete opposite of what we did so um i mean honestly the what what made me change was um i went to the uva um university of maryland uh regional game and I was just sitting there with a couple of my friends at lunch because one of them was the volunteer assistant at Maryland. And uh, he was like, and I always ask him questions like what they're doing new, what's what's different that they do. Um, and he was like, hey, do you want to hear what we're we're doing this year? I was like, yeah, what's up? Like, what do you got? What do you got for me? And he's like, we try to hit home runs. I said, what? We try to hit home runs. He's like, yeah, we like practice hitting home runs. I was like, really? So then I went the next day and I watched Maryland take BP at UVA and I'm, and I'm watching them just crush balls. Like they're just no, I don't think they had a, a specific sequence round or anything like that. They were just crushing balls in the stands. UVA is pretty big. Um, and I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. 
well, then UVA comes in to hit. And they got Derek Fisher, who's like one of the top. I mean, he's with the Astros now, just won a World Series. And I'm watching him hit, and he's filleting balls to the opposite side. And I don't think UVA hit one home run in their BP. And, you know, they had some of the best players in the country at that time. Uh, I think that's the year that they won the national championship. Um, honestly, Maryland had no – Maryland had great pitching, and they played their butts off. Their coaches did a great job. But talent-wise, UVA was the best team in the country by far. There's no way that Maryland should have ever been, you know, in the game with those guys. But uh, between Maryland's pitching and their offense, that's what that's what really did it. And um, that's what really changed me. I was like, all right, offense – is what's going to win us games. Offense is what's going to score us runs. Um, and I watched the video, on, and Chaz did a video, and it made super super sense, you know, a lot of sense to me as far as, um, you know, why isn't anybody else doing that? Why is, why wasn't I ever taught this? And ever since, I mean, Chaz was grateful and, and taught me just about, I mean, he taught me everything I know as far as, um, you know, the swing mechanics. Um but that was it. And after after I met with Chaz and he taught me all of his stuff, it's been ever since just raking balls. So we basically got to the end of the podcast and I realized that I forgot to ask Coach Eller about a um, college summer team that he's coaching this year called the Baltimore Redbirds, which is in the Cal Ripken League. Um, and he got really excited about, you know, just the quality of players that he has on his team. And it led to a pretty interesting conversation. So I'm going to put that right here and hope you guys enjoy the rest of it. We have like, right. we have UNC guys, we have UVA guys, we have Virginia Tech, we have Ole Miss, ECU. I mean, it's, it's nuts. Oh, I have one, I have one more quick question because I have a bunch of, I have a bunch of friends that coach like college summer teams. How do you approach that? Like a lot of them are like, yeah, I always feel hesitant to like try to, you know, work on guys swings because they're like not my guys how do you like approach that yeah i mean that's actually something i brought up to um our general manager with the redbirds um and i said i mean how how do you want me because i feel like i'm a i'm a great players coach like i like to have fun i like the guys to have fun i want them to stay loose and i thought that that's what they wanted from me like but i was like you know what, what do you want me to teach these guys like I don't want to step on UNC's feet. I don't want to step on Ole Miss or, you know, I don't want their their players to come back and say, well, this is what my summer coach told me. This is what I want to do. Or, or their, their, their coach saying, oh, this kid's all messed up now. And, um, right. I, I'm, I'm, I haven't done it yet. So I don't, I don't really know how I'm going to feel about it in the middle of it. But, um, I was just talking to my GM. He was like, I don't care about that. I want to win. I want, I want you to make these players the best that you possibly can. And, um, you know, I, I think the way I'm going to approach it, I'm just going to say, Hey, you know, here's my goals. And my goal for, for those guys this year is to, to hit over 50 home runs in, in this league. And it's never been done before in that league. Um, but I think our hitters are going to be like, wow, uh, yeah, I want to hit a bunch of home runs too. So I think they're going to embrace that. Um, and you know if 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 we I'm, I'm sure we might lose a couple guys here and there because you know my philosophy doesn't line up with someone else's philosophy that's that's fine um i get it but at the same time you know maybe maybe those kids are are hearing something different and maybe it's going to help their college coaches you know break the ice and and 
understand that there's a different way to do things and there's a better way to do things. Um, I don't think that I, everything that I do is the best, you know, in the world or whatever, but I think that the more coaches talk and, and, you know, share things with each other, the better baseball gets in general and, and the better I'm going to get and the better they're going to get. Um, just because we have more brains thinking about things differently. Um, right. So yeah, I'm a little nervous about it, but, um, at the same time, I mean, my, my GM has confidence in me and uh, our owner has confidence in what I'm doing and they don't want me to change anything. So, right. You know, and, and, and not to mention, I have like BJ Serhoff, who was the first overall pick in, um, I think it was 1986 with Barry Bonds. Um, he's a big supporter of the Redbirds. He's going to be there for BP a lot. Um, played at UNC. Um, one of the greatest college baseball players of all time. Um, I have Larry Sheets, who was the former coach. Um, his son played at Wake Forest. He's going to be around a lot. Um, and I have Mike Bork around too, who said he, you know, he'd love to come out and work out with us in, in the infield. And, um, so I got some really good guys that, you know, I can learn a lot from as well. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be an awesome experience, man. It's going to be busy, but yeah, it's, it's, I'm sure it's going to fly too. Yeah, and you're doing some scouting thing too, right? I saw that. I didn't really, I didn't really read yeah. too much into it, but who's that with? I'm uh, with the Milwaukee Brewers now, so. The audio kind of cut out, but he said Milwaukee Brewers. Um, awesome. Just got to talk with them and, you know, it makes sense for them because they're, they're, uh, regional guys in Richmond, Virginia, and, you know, that's three or four hours from here and, um, he can't get to see as many players as he'd like to do, like to see. And, um, you know, I already see a ton of guys as it is. So it's going to help me and it's going to help him too. Awesome. All right, man. Thanks. Um, I'll figure out how I'm going to like, cause I feel like I asked a couple questions after I said I was going to stop. So I'll like slide stuff around a little bit if I need That's to. Fine. But, but once do. again, I appreciate it, man. And, uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks, man. Yep. Talk to you later. Thanks again to Coach Tom Eller for hopping on the pod. Um, yesterday, it just came out that Harford was ranked number 25 preseason um, for junior colleges, um, which is a pretty big feat for a Maryland junior college when you consider how competitive the conferences out west and more down south are for junior colleges. So, um, you know, you heard it on the pod. If he expects to hit more than 137 home runs this year, which is uh, a pretty big feat. But um, I'm really excited for this year for them, and, and stay tuned because I'm sure they're going to be doing some big things. Hope you guys enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed recording. Thanks for listening to the Base Path Podcast. This is Kurt Hughes signing out.